Over 50% of your community doesn't believe Jesus is God. Today is Giving Tuesday, a day to use your generosity to change this statistic. My name is Bill Woolsey. I lead 5-2, a network that trains the Christians who know how to create new ways for people to meet Jesus. When you donate to 5-2, you bring Jesus to hard-to-reach communities across the U.S. You help women and men turn their God-given dreams into ministries and businesses that make an eternal difference. Ministries like shelters for sex-trafficked women, mobile neonatal clinics and mobile food pantries, support groups for single moms, homeless ministries, coffee shops that double as worship spaces, new congregations and campuses. Our fundraising goal between now and the end of the year is $175,000. Meeting that goal would mean equipping hundreds of visionary starters and creating thousands of new relationships with Jesus. Go to 52.com slash donate and give a gift today so more people come to know Jesus tomorrow. Welcome to the Start New Podcast, where we help you love your community and start great ministries that reach it. My name is Abigail Taylor. And I'm Bill Woolsey. We're part of the leadership team of 5-2 Network, and we'll be your hosts. Let's get started. Today, we are with Tom Fotenauer and Joel Wettstein. Tom is a great friend. And he is the senior pastor of Woodbury Church up in Woodbury, Minnesota. And Joel Wettstein is an even greater friend uh, whom I have known since about 1997 uh, when uh, my family and I were launching Crosspoint Community Church down in West Houston. We were looking for a music guy at that time. That's what we were calling the role and found this guy who was just the most eclectic uh, musical guy, but was a great administrative gift and uh, just just helped us grow Crosspoint in those first seven years. Uh, so just a, a beautiful blessing. So these two guys are now together. They're now on a team together. And we have them on today as we talk about starting new, and especially around the Christmas season. So guys, thank you all very much for being with us. So good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be with you. So let me, let me, I'm just going to dive in here. And I think to give our listeners uh, some context for, for what y'all are going through. Uh, Tom, could you just share with us a little bit about your congregation? I know you're multi-site, but then also historically, pre-COVID, if I came to worship with you in the Christmas season, what would it have looked like? Yeah, for sure. We uh, are a congregation of three sites. Uh, One of them is portable, and we have not met in our portable site since last March. Um, Our other two are in permanent sites, and so we kind of pulled back to get all of our best resources working together in those spaces. Um, It's been a crazy nine months in terms of what we've done in worship and Joel and his team have been uh, incredible. We've done outdoor worship services. We've done parking lot services. We've done drive-by communion. We've done in-person, we've done online, um, kind of the whole, whole gamut. And um, as we're looking forward to Christmas, I suggested an outdoor service as well. Now, Chicago, and you're, in Minneapolis, you're like outside of Minneapolis, right? I mean, North Pole. <laughs> 
Dude, yeah, this is like this is like uh, north of Alaska, right? Aren't y'all like north of Alaska? Or Pretty much. So I think one of our most successful uh, forays into the new was our outdoor worship services. We have 40 acres of land with nothing built on it. And we used about 12 acres to do outdoor worship service. And we had, I think, about 600 people that wow. came out to, to one of those. That's where I got my juices flowing. Like, we could do something outdoor out here with, like, <laughs> 55 fire pits and <laughs> reindeer awesome. and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think that's going to gonna quite happen. Uh, but during the, the Christmas season, you know, here, if you had come pre-COVID, um, you would have discovered you know, great, great music, relevant teaching, kind of all those, those things in pretty much what you would expect in a normal um, congregation. You know, we were doing um, online stuff, just live streaming, um, dove into that probably five years ago, um, but nothing out of the ordinary in our service. Joel's been with us a couple of years. Joel, would this be your second or third Christmas? I can't even keep track. Feels like uh, it probably feels like ten already. Gosh, no, don't say that. <laughs> Eight, Nineteen, twenty. Yeah, this will be my third Christmas. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Even our campuses, you know, our original campus is uh, our largest campus, but has a much different feel than our second campus, which came through a merger. And so, um, you'd find a more homey feel at that that campus, they do things differently on Christmas Eve where we might at our original campus do a really big opener and we did drumline, I think a couple of years ago, that just wouldn't work in that space. So they did something different. Um, what really ties us together, our, our, our values and our, our vision coming to life that moves us forward together. But if you would have come a few years ago, even last year to Christmas, I think you would have found something you know, that, that you would have expected from, from a church like ours, we would have offered, you know, a, really a great uh, experience that would have connected you to Jesus and, you know, left you. Probably a pretty yeah. high production value, a live production value, yeah, right? Yeah, I absolutely. Guess. absolutely. Okay. And, and from what I hear you saying then, the digital online component was more of a, we need to do it, but it's there floating alongside. Absolutely. As long as it works, it's okay. Okay. You know, one one thing that I would say with that too is we we had called it at least from a production standpoint and a worship department standpoint, it was our secondary audience. That if you had to choose something in the midst of a of a call, you're looking at what's happening in the room. You're looking at what's happening online. Choose the room uh, because it literally was for those who can't make it. If you happen to be tuning in you know, sort of thing. And we would leave the mix alone. We rarely touched the cameras. It was just, you know, a little bit more, uh, um, yeah, drop in if you're not going to drop in, <laughs> you know? Um, so, so that being said, that's a great segue. I, I'm, I'm guessing you're no longer saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying now? How do y'all, because that's, that's a challenge, right? You got people live, you got people on the internet. So, so how are you balancing that out? I'll, I'll let Joel take it. I'll get it just kind of started, tee it up. You know, we laugh when we look at the first weekend where we were just in production. <laughs> just don't, don't, don't do it. You know, they say like, don't look back. You just have to. <laughs> I think Friday I made the call. 
that we were going to all online that weekend. So we did, we did a live stream Saturday where we recorded and used that for Sunday. And then for six weeks, it's a blur, you know, the, the platform crashing the, you know, we were like <laughs> pins and needles, six, seven of us, every what's going wrong. What's going, why did we do that? Oh my gosh. I can't believe that's happening. If people could have seen what was going on, um, that would have been, been totally. Yeah. So, Joel and his team have been incredible to move us from that first weekend to where we are today. So I'll let him, I'll let him take this. Gosh. Yeah, man, that was, that was a fast start. You want to talk about start new. It was like, like that. Um, um, uh, but it's been super invigorating as well. I, I, Bill, I shared with you in a conversation last week that it's professionally, it's been one of the most inspiring times of, of our life because we've been forced to innovate. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. And, and uh, but um, let me just say the number of churches that have have not have have not embraced being forced to innovate. Right. I mean, so y'all have, and that's why I wanted to have you guys on. And even just Tom, your opening, we tried, you know, this and this and this and this. Just that openness to say we still got to serve people and we still want to bring the gospel to people, and our calling isn't isn't defined by location, but it is critical. Location is very critical, but how's that going to work? So, so Joel, how would you say though, have you moved, you've got digital, you've got live. How do you strategically navigate that? You know, well, goes through your head. Well, so what we've been doing um, all along since we were not having in-person services, we were, we were recording music, pulling in a, a full-size band. Um, and I, I love big bands and not using tracks and stuff. So it's, you know, drums, bass, electric, acoustic, keys, piano, synth, sometimes violin and or cello, you know, on top of that and vocals, percussion. And uh, so we've been recording music on Tuesday nights um, and then service content on Thursday afternoons uh, in terms of preaching and, you know, um, scripture readings and stuff like that. And at times, even in between that, going on location in other places to grab um, content, I guess, if we were to take it like, you know, all the way, um, you know, for a while we were saying, since we don't have to be in the room, where should we go? What do we want to do? And we picked up a few random locations here and there, um, just cause we didn't have to be in the room anymore. Um, and, um, so yeah, the, the pattern of filming and recording music on Tuesdays and service content on Thursdays has gone on for months and months. And even when we reopened here, a couple Tom, when was that? Gosh, August. <laughs> we did a month in July. We did in person for four weeks just to kind outside. of test it out. And then, no, no, we were inside. And then August, we went back outside. Um, yeah, so we kind of were testing the water in July just to um, get a feel for where people were at, get a sense of what that was going to be like back inside in August. Then we went back to, we did three parking lot services and then we did our big outdoor service. We were all online Labor Day weekend. And then in September, we went in person and online. And then last week, five of our staff came down with COVID. Yes. So we decided yes. to go online for at least the next three weeks again. <laughs> but the, the dichotomy um, of choosing the room and being online for the time being, we've kept that completely separate. We've had in-person services and we do those live, but we're still pre-filming music and service content during the week. So we literally are running two separate, actually oh, wow. three separate campuses at this point. Our right, Oak Hill right. Campus 
in an online campus. And, and so we're not having to choose between the two at this point. We've not started live streaming an in-person service. That's it. Yeah. So that. So let me just say that for for our listeners, so they understand what you're saying. Basically, if I'm worshiping with Woodbury online, you are preparing that service in advance, and then I'm watching the service on a Sunday. Uh, and but if I'm if I'm there, then that service is obviously being presented live. Uh, and then if I'm at your other campus. So so really what I hear you saying is y'all made the online, you're, you're making decisions that if I'm an online worshiper in the online campus, you're making those decisions to give me the best, in your opinion, worship experience, regardless of what's happening in the live setting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and for a while we were sure to include, and we still are, we're including um, pastor from each of our campuses because we still, we have a survey recently that says that like 49% of our people still don't want to come in person. Um, and so regardless of which campus you typically attend, it is your only connection to our church if you view online. And so rather than showing a single pastor from a single campus, we share multiple pastors from the all the campuses in that one online experience that's the you know the gathering place for the you know what the 49 percent the congregation the right and new people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you've really kind of said you've have three camp like so you still have three campuses it's just now instead of that portable campus in some ways you have the online campus, knowing that the online campus is going to reach totally different people than maybe even the portable campus was reaching. But in some ways, you did like a restart of your portable campus. You shifted staff resources and time into the online one, knowing your behavior was going to have to change, how you spent your time was going to have to change. So it's kind of this hybrid, like new start, restart in some ways. That's a great way of, of saying it. <laughs> Abby, why don't you just like take over? And, no. <laughs> seriously, it'll take Joel and I like 20 minutes to come up with it in that <laughs> form. That was really, really good because we did. We even like harvested equipment from our portable campus to use uh, yeah, for right. the online campus while we were trying to order switchers and all that kind of stuff as well. So, so let me go, go ahead. Go ahead, Joel. I was just going to say, it's interesting what you will do to your physical space when people won't be there on Sundays so that you can achieve a great online experience. We had road cases everywhere. We put up black curtains where there normally isn't in this campus. Um, we added lights and there's cables strewn all over the place. And then we just, I mean, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, I'm like, Guys, we've got to clean up in here because one of these days we're going to have to reopen and it'll take us six weeks to clean up the mess that we've made. Um, yeah, <laughs> we unpacked that so, trailer pretty much completely. <laughs> so one of the, one of the things we, we in, in, the, in 5.2 in our network started seeing and started surmising in June already because we were working up in New York and New York's obviously, you know, mega hit and they, they were like the beginning of the wave and the intensity there shut the churches down and it just brought this whole spirit of fear on them overnight. 
but what we were seeing there was that uh, this was going to change people's habits uh, significantly more than than pastors initially realized. And and you're gonna you know right now right you're gonna go through Christmas, which means you're gonna be nine months without worshiping. Uh, in some locations, face to face, or you're going to have half of your previous congregation not worshiping face to face. So you're you're making these changes to to reengage those who called Woodbury home, as well as the community. And and what what do you expect? I'm just curious, percentage wise, what percentage of are you all? You said you're worshiping about fifty percent face to face, or where are you? No, we, we've been about 20, 25. So we're about 400 in person um, now, or we have been kind of through the fall. That's about right, Joel, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's, it's that's about, close enough. Yeah. It's about 400, and we were like 1,500 um, coming into this. So a little less than a third. Right, and but then you, uh, then you obviously have your online presence, and and y'all are again, you're an example of we can't keep doing what we are doing because otherwise we're just going to close up shop and and go home. Uh, so so what's what is tell us what's going to look what's Christmas going to look like? What are you going to do Christmas Eve? If I were to show up, or <laughs> if I show up online, what what are we doing? Oh, do you even know yet? Joel is Joel is rubbing his face. We're giving <laughs> Joel a tick just by oh, asking the question. <laughs> It, your timing, your timing for this interview couldn't be worse, frankly, oh, for us. Sorry. Well, with and your staff here, now, because right? I mean, here's here's the reason why um, we, uh, as a result of these COVID cases that uh, Pastor Tom just previously mentioned, we canceled um, this past Saturday. We had a offsite venue, um, a gorgeous wedding barn. Um, we had catering, camera people, gear oh. being shipped, 15 band members, string players, everything. We were going to film music videos uh, that we multi-track recorded last Monday and Tuesday night. We were going to film music videos and all the sermons and all the content in a barn last Saturday. <laughs> and we, we canceled oh. it. Oh. So, Bill, right now, I, I do I have no idea what it's going to look like. Oh, I mean, I, oh, I still know I... what I want it to be. Um, we have a meeting tomorrow, and it's and it's called um, Christmas. What, when, and how? <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Okay. What are we going to do? And how are we going to do it? Um, still, I'm I'm still going to push our our team to to kind of innovate and figure out what we got to do to to achieve something close to that. Um, we'll but, still get there. I still oh, have. Yeah. I have I cr- faith. Canceled it. I cried. I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bill, we're doing like a bunch of billboards around the city, pushing people toward this online very cool focus on a stable Christmas. This has been Joel's dream for a while and just the oh. instability of the world around I us. I love and, that. I love yeah. that. And Where the double entendre there, right? Yeah. Yep. I'm yep. a word, you know. Yeah, Joel is always a word guy. <laughs> that's that's so, awesome. You know, we've uh, own website for it, new domain, domain name, all that kind of stuff. So we we really wanted to push people hard toward that experience, give them a great experience Christmas Eve, make it on demand as well as some hosted services along the way, um, okay. along with 
in-person kind of normal what you would expect if you were to come and we we did a survey maybe three four weeks ago just trying to get a feel of where people were at and that's i think where we said 50 percent of those who answered said they wanted um in person um and but we only got maybe 300 responses to that i think um and last year we we ran about 3,000 or so at, at christmas so it's hard to know where people are at. I think what the cases up here are really exploding. Our hospitals are starting to get overwhelmed. Um, I can't imagine we're going to have a huge turn up. We've tried to add some additional services to spread people out. We're asking folks to RSVP and then be flexible to get around. Um, but yeah, Joel and I haven't even had a chance to, to talk further about what we're thinking for, for that or what it's going to look like. Hmm. Wow. Well, uh, just on that note of, of, of y'all's upheaval, for those, again, for those pastors and ministries that are listening, uh, you're obviously no one's alone in this. I mean, y'all are having to just call shots as you go. And then when COVID hit your own staff, that was a double whammy. So we definitely want to be praying for y'all, especially in this, in this season. Let, let me ask you this question then. So, so Christmas, you're, you're, you've got the website, you're going to be driving people to this online experience. This whole concept of of uh, you know when when we help start ministries and when we help ministries restart, we we really want them. There are two things we want them to really come to grips with: is a who who are we being called to serve? Who is Jesus want us to serve? And then you reverse engineer so that you bring Jesus to bear in a way that they see of importance and value initially. Uh, and and so it's really who and then the how or then the what that you're going to do. You guys, have you, uh, churches in general, before COVID, you know, we also want them to understand and what our starts to understand is what is it you really, what is this core thing you're doing? What is this core value you're bringing people? And what what we saw was that churches brought in-person divine community. So in other words, I can get community at the ball field or I can get community at my, you know, dance club, but there's this in-person divine community thing that local congregations specialized in, right? We're in sacrament that you just couldn't get. How how are y'all still how do you see that happening now in this new season? Are you still figuring that out? Or have you seen some things that you really think are getting some traction there that you, you like what you see? <laughs> Joel and I are smiling at each other. <laughs> yeah, this has definitely been the biggest challenge through this. Right away, initially, uh, one of the things we did as, as a staff, we just divided up the congregation to be calling. Um, our, our elders already have families divided up that they kind of oversee and care for. And we just felt like, man, we got to be in touch with our people. And so I made more phone calls in, in that first several, or those first several weeks than I have in a long time. And it was great just talking with people. And at that point, you know, we all thought, hey, a couple months, and then we'll, we'll get back to not just business as usual. We knew there would be an opportunity to make some changes, but we sure thought we'd be, be with each other. You know, there, there was no way we weren't going to be gathered for Easter. <laughs> then it was, oh my gosh, here we are through Easter in May. Uh, I had joked we're, we were going to do 
uh, Meester, a Mother's Day Easter combination. You know, that would be the latest that we would we'd be um, not able to to join. And yet here we are through this. And now with it ramping up again, people are scared to just be with with each other. Um, there were there were literally people crying when they walked back into our building for the first time. You know, folks who for 20, 30 years, every weekend they walked in. Never missed, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was like months and they walk in and just, oh my gosh, to be together together and so you know you you use those those big fancy words that i can't remember bill to describe that sense of community that divine community um we are we are wrestling with how to how to do this and i'm so um afraid for folks who weren't connected through small groups or weren't connected in a a serving group or just didn't have you know group of people i'm like what's what's going to happen to them where did they go how do we how do we make sure that they're being cared for? How do we connect with new people online? We are continually getting letters and notes from people that, hey, we found you online. And like, oh my gosh, you've told us that. That's awesome how we can connect with you. But how do we minister to this new campus as as you said, Abby? Like, I mean, these are new people coming in. How do we connect with them and bring them into this divine community. I think so much of this we're trying to figure out as we go because it's so different and it's hard. Um, Like my small group, for example, uh, we're meeting over Zoom, but we can last about 45 minutes as our max because we've got like 15 kids in our group and it's complete madness running around and kids jumping onto the screen. And, you know, we're just trying to pray together for five minutes, whereas before you know, you'd send them all into the basement and we could have an hour of just, just being together. And it's, it's become really, really hard to find that sense of real community, even, even through um, all the, you know, online stuff that's great and helping us stay connected. But how do we, how do we find that real sense of divine, as, as you said, is a, is a challenge. Joel, you want to say anything to that? Well, you know, we, we have talked about though as well is, is um, it's interesting how, how um, we were pushing people to, to live out in their neighborhood a little more. I know we mentioned that multiple, multiple times. We, we have a part of our service that's called ascending and it's kind of the charge at the end of the service before you're given the blessing. Um, and for a long time we were saying, so, so much for sending you because you're already gone. So remember to live and love where you are. And like, I know in my neighborhood, for example, um, um, you know, the, the only people who go to our church in our cul-de-sac is us. Okay. But we've been, we've been inviting people to, to watch, you know, to tune in and maybe more than that, just being trying to be better neighbors, maybe than we've ever had been. Um, and we would get together often and gosh, just last week, it was like birthday caroling. My neighbor sang happy birthday from the end of my driveway, um, you know, 10 days ago. And I don't know that that would have happened at this time last year. Um, so, you know, is that a divine community? Um, maybe it's getting there. Um, my neighbors came out to our outdoor service and our car show thing. Um, I invited our, the lady across the street to be our um, makeup lady for this film shoot we had to cancel just trying to find ways to 
to invite people into what we are doing when we are gathering together. Um, yeah. Bill, I got a, a great quick story about that. On, on Halloween, we, we do a little fire pit in our driveway and give out cookies and hot cocoa and that kind of stuff. Because like, it's freezing do because you live in the Yeah, because it's freezing on Halloween. It's fine. We, we Other give places give in the country, they just give out candy. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and this year it was about 40 degrees with like oh, 40 mile an hour wind. Oh gosh. No. And so we're like, do we do this? You know, the cups are blown, things are blown away. It's, you know, it's a disaster. I take my daughter out. We go to four houses and she's had enough, which is kind of cool. And it's the best night ever. <laughs> we went to four houses. You know, you invest a minute to be a kid. You got four ounces of candy. You know, I know. They gave us a lot. <laughs> but anyways, I'm sitting on our driveway. It's near the end of the night. And this couple with, with two little kids comes up. I'm like, hey, do you want some cocoa or whatever? You know, you can get it yourself. And we're just talking for a minute. And the guy stops and he goes, are you a pastor? I'm like, yeah. He goes, man, I recognize your voice. We just moved into town three months ago and we've been watching you online for the last three months and we've never been in person. But you better believe when we can start coming that we will be engaged and a part of your community. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I met you in my driveway because you recognized my weird voice. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just how God uses that divine community because we are more out and about than maybe we would have been uh, in the past. You know, when, when you said that, and, and I just, what came to my mind was the parable of the sower. And, you know, in the parable of the sower, only 25%. Now, I don't know that Jesus meant it proportionally that way, but that's, you know, in his four examples. That was the one that really took root. But you do have to wonder in this forced internet or forced live streaming, forced digital age for the church, uh, how many of those how many of those Halloween night people you're talking to that you may never, right? They, they're not going to come up to you because they're not going to have the chance to meet you. But the gospel's being out there. It, you are, you're doing it faithfully. You're not hunkering in and just you know, reading the liturgy or something to three people or whatever. I mean, you're really trying to continue to, to reach your community. That, that's a cool, that's a cool picture. That's a great story. And, but how many of those you, you won't know until you get to heaven and you say, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm here in heaven because I, I watched you on the internet for a while, you know. Well, what was great when we did these, these outdoor things, um, one of the things I was going to say is, is that we've been, we've been pretty fortunate to, to do whatever we're doing and to do it like big sort of thing, you know, um, um, with that, with that 12 acres of land out there, we put up a, like a massive sound system, concert line array, you know, hanging speakers sort of thing. So that we, you know, when you're socially distancing for 300 people, you need 260,000 square feet, you know, or something like I, I didn't even know. Yeah, he did. Trust me. We had 300 circles painted. 300 <laughs> distance apart. And, and, uh, but, but people could obviously hear us in the next neighborhood over sort of thing then who knew. Um, but we had, we had people like the house next door, for example, they came zipping over on their, on their little four wheeler thing. And, you know, they ended up saying, Oh, that was better than we thought it was going to be. Um, and, and then the next time we did it, we added a car show 
And there was a guy named Chuck that I talked to with his $140,000 custom ordered Porsche who was out cruising on the, you know, on the country roads and said, oh, this looks like fun. And he pulled in and he parked his car at the end and with his, with his you know, historical critical view of, of the Bible, we got some really deep conversations. I was like asking for bailout, like, I need help, help me. Uh, and, but, um, you know, because he saw fancy cars parked out there, he decided to pull in uh, as well. And, and just by being outside and doing something in the neighborhood, the seeds, you know, maybe in that way, were almost planting themselves, you know, that's nah, not true, but um, I don't know. Well, we've talked for so long in the church, especially in the church in the West, the need to uh, not be confined to the building. At at the end of the day, people people enjoy being engaged. Uh, They enjoy being with, and especially in our culture, they enjoy being, most people, I shouldn't say everybody, but there's a large slice of people that enjoy being with large groups of people and being engaged, and especially from a spiritual standpoint, from a, a, a gifted communicator, from you know, gifted musicians. I mean, it's gotten a lot of slam, but that is that is who we are as people, sociologically speaking. So yet now here we are, and I'm, I'm curious, have y'all given any significant thought to uh, some type of house church model as you go forward? I mean, you were, you were a big box, right? You have multiple campuses, but have you thought about how we could be more nimble and deploy some of this church into Joel's cul-de-sac, for instance? Or <laughs> yeah, that, that's really interesting. You know, we, we did a bunch of, of thinking around kind of like an outpost. I've got a good friend up in Alaska who's moved into that because they were even more restricted than, than we were. And so they call them their outposts. And they've got like 60 of these outposts where people are gathering to watch the uh, online service together, but then sort of ministering to one another that way. Yeah, we, we leaned into it a little bit, did some um, surveying of our people, and we just didn't find a huge interest for folks wanting to gather at this point. Uh, the, the, the nimbleness of it is what was really intriguing for me. And then also the, the genuine community, you know, kind of walking together. And so we've been leaning more into our small groups and training our small group leaders to kind of pull up that mantle. And so we've had some groups that will get together and gather for worship because they feel more comfortable in that small, smaller group. But one of the weird things we found was um, like singing, <laughs> People are weird singing when it's 10 of them together. <laughs> you know, and I can't even hum well. Joel knows I don't even yeah. hum well, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter's staring at me when I'm singing at home, like this last Sunday, like, Dad, and why did you say the Lord's Prayer so fast? Golly, you're a speed racer. We can't even keep up with you. Your speed um, racer prayer. <laughs> all, all, these, all these things. But I think there's, there's definitely space. Um, to be processing, what does it look like? How do we engage people where where it was just coming to a larger gathering, but in some of these smaller gatherings, so that they can be better deployed back out into the community? Because that's you know ultimately 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 what we want to happen is for people to be bringing their faith with them into their daily lives, and that's some of what Joel was was getting at. And it's so cool to see that transformation in neighborhoods. Uh, we've got some of that same stuff going on in ours. 
Um, we've got a couple folks that, that attend our church, but then others that, that go to different churches or don't at all. You know, and I've been in the neighborhood a couple of years now and I'm starting to get that. Oh, that guy's the pastor, you know, and <laughs> how do I bridge that gap and show I'm just kind of a normal idiot um, that likes to hang out with people and have, have conversations. Um, but how, how do we do that for, for everybody, right? To pick up that mantle of, of multiplication and transformation that it's not just from the front in the large group, come, come and see, you know, we've been so come and see for so long, but how do we, how do we get that sense? We're all sent, we're all going. And in fact, not to open up a whole nother line of conversation, but we're, we're in the midst of a conversation with another congregation about a, a possible merger. And one of the things that we have to get right on our side of this is this sending culture. We're not just here to, to take in, take in, but really that we're to go. And so how do we get our people thinking and processing that they might be the ones to go, that it's not the one next to them, that even if you've been at a campus for 20, 25 years, God might be asking you to, to go to do this new, new thing um, that's happening. And so that's more where our conversation has landed versus um, specific, you know, kind of house churches or how do we launch into that, that movement. Joel, I talk way too much as the. No, no, this is good. <clears throat> you know, I think, you know, Tom, your, your point there, uh, we, what we found was there are certain types of people who are wired to go and those entrepreneurial apostolic people. And if we could find them, and because usually they're they're there, they just don't they don't want to be on a committee or you know, <laughs> serve yep. some. And so if we could if we could in, mobilize those people, then the, when when they start things and they go, uh, it's even more impactful because it's 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 they're they're used to bringing people along. So uh, yeah, well that's I, I appreciate that that especially as y'all go into this merger, and especially as you think you know, we were come and see, now we're kind of like go and show, right? You know, go, go and show the gospel, go and live the gospel. And really, um, how do you find the right people to go and show? Because not everyone, yeah. So how do you how do you mobilize the right laity is really kind of what you're trying to figure out. Yeah, it's, right. it's the right mix. It's not, you know, some multi-site churches are saying you have to send 10% of your worshiping. You, you need the right, right mix of people, <laughs> Actually, Hill Country Bible, when they were doing, they started 36 uh, sites around Austin, 36 churches, and in their heyday, in their heyday of doing that, now not all of them turned out the way they hoped, but in their heyday of doing that, they had two stipulations. One, you could only take, I think it was like three couples, you could only take, and you all had to move into the neighborhood, so you had to because they found that if you would change your geography, you would change your friendships. And yeah, so that was a, that was pretty fascinating listening to them, but okay. So I think as we kind of land the plane here, uh, you guys are a great example of we're, we're in the game. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to keep batting and we are, we are going to figure out how to stay engaged with people and continue to bring the gospel to people, especially in this techno world, even as COVID hits us and here at Christmas, uh, but I think everybody's heard you don't have all the answers, but you do. And this is what's important to us. You have a heart 
and you have a passion that's going to keep you moving forward. And that's what we want to really thank you for. And we really want to highlight that, that here today. So guys, I, I really appreciate it. I just, I love the energy. Uh, it's, it's uh, having been, uh, you know, Joel was just my dear partner and colleague for those first years of ministry. And then to see him land with you, Tom, the older guy pouring into the younger guy now, Joel. Joel, you're the older guy, man. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, pouring but it's fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Just wow. like I did you. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Not anyway. At all. God, nah, God be with you guys. God be with you. And just thank y'all so much for your ministry. Thank you for being a blessing to the larger church. Yeah, if we can do anything to help people, whatever, please ping us, ping Joel, ping me. We got resources. Where could they, where could they go for that? Could you give us a, should they, should they go to the Stable Christmas? Or is, there, is that website? Or should they go to Woodbury <laughs> Luther? Or what, where should they go? Well, stable, stablechristmas.com won't have any of our resources. It'll just be the landing or the launching point for on-demand or the watch party type type stuff. So I guess just email email us. Um, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the notes. Uh, and so Chapman, we'll put in Joel's email and we'll put in Tom's email. And if there's a particular site, Joel, y'all could. Y'all could let us know too if there's some other way you want people to contact you. That'd be fantastic. Because these guys share they share a lot of resources constantly, so definitely take advantage of that. Happy to. Thank cool. you guys. God be bliss. God be with y'all. Bye bye. See ya. Thank you. The Start New Podcast was produced by Chapman Shanefelt with special help from Nick Taylor. Brought to you by the Five Two Network. Original music by Nick Taylor. I'm Abigail Taylor. Thanks for listening.